This podcast is sponsored by Kingsdown Meadow, located in beautiful Kent countryside. New homes available. Search Serenity Parks. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Tuesday, April the 20th. News on a controversial contraflow being lifted and what could be Europe's largest roller coaster coming up in a bit. But first, we're going to start off with football today because the fallout from plans for a European Super League is continuing. In fact, it's such a big deal, the Prime Minister's got involved. Boris Johnson has been meeting with the sports authorities and fans groups today, while the FIFA president has said it strongly disapproves of the plans. But what does it all mean for clubs in Kent? Well, it's claimed they could suffer financially and not get the support they need, which would have wider implications on their local communities. First, our colleagues at KMTV have been speaking to Scott Lindsay, who's the boss of non-league Chatham Town. It's all about greed, isn't it? You know, it's about money, um, which is the wrong reasons. Um, end of the day, football is all about the people, the supporters. You know, it's not it's not about kind of the stadiums or, or or the directors or even the players. It's about the supporters. And for me, you know, I suppose when the fixtures come out at the start of the season, um, the first thing that the supporters will look at is when are we playing in Newcastle? When are we playing in London? When are we playing in Liverpool? When are we going to Manchester? You know, and these are the days out that these supporters kind of look forward to and plan and probably plan their whole year and, and really look forward to this. And this is English football, you know, that's what English football is built on. It's about the people and about the supporters. And I think that it's, it's kind of taken away from that. It's all about money and greed. Football clubs at, at my level certainly um, rely on supporters to pay their hard-earned cash to come through the turnstiles in order for us to operate. And, and nothing's, you know, nothing's different from that all the way up kind of through the non-league all the way up League One and League Two are probably very similar. Um, you know, you get into the champion championship and, and obviously the Premier League, there's a lot of kind of television money um, and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's a different world at, at the top end. It's a completely different world. And, you know, like I say, there's, there's, the, the football teams down the bottom end of the chain are really struggling at the moment. And, you know, we're talking about billion pound deals with with this new Super League, it's just ridiculous, you know. Instead of that, what you know, why can't we we carry on the Premier League as it as it is and, and, and try and help these clubs out at the bottom? This this, this clubs go into the wall all the time, and it, and it's wrong. So far, six Premier League clubs have said they'll be joining the new competition, and the fourteen others not involved have also been meeting to decide what to do next. Chatham and Aylesford MP Tracy Crouch, who used to be the sports minister, is going to lead a review into football. Folkestone's Damien Collins is former chair of the Digital Culture, Media and Sport Committee. He's also been having his say. What we have to consider, I think, what the government has to consider, what the FA has to consider, is the wider interests of our national game, of a whole sport, and the impact this has on other clubs and other forms of competition as well. So we should say, yes, we want vibrant competition between clubs, but that's within a structure. Now, it's interesting to see why is it that German clubs like Bayern Munich aren't going for this? Well, I would think one of the reasons is they have a different ownership structures in Germany. The fans own half the club, just over half the club. So the fans could block the owners doing something like this. There are no checks and balance in place here. The FA has no immediate sanction, nor to the Premier League to stop it happening, and nor to the fans. It's being driven by the, the owners of the clubs who think it's in their commercial interest to do this, regardless of what anyone else thinks. And we've seen today the anger expressed from fans groups and fans trusts all over the country who've been totally bypassed and ignored in this. 
Well, yesterday we asked you on our socials what you thought of the plans. Here are just a couple of the responses. Isabel de Ridder on Facebook said, Disgraceful money fueled proposition. Players already earn obscene wages and as such should be loyal to their clubs. If that's what the fans democratically vote for, perhaps let this happen. If it's another capitalistic venture designed to generate more money for them and all the associated merchandise. I hope they dig their own graves by participating. As for more TV coverage, I sure hope not. Only on internet TV, please, as I have no desire to watch. Dave Plumtree added, football is nothing without fans. A quote by Sir Matt Busby. The very people who have been absolutely disregarded with this announcement. All six English clubs should hang their heads in shame. You are a disgrace grace to your supporters and your greed shames the beautiful game. David Marsh posted on our Twitter, there is another way to look at this. What if the teams involved would prefer playing top European teams each week instead of mediocre teams? Well, you can still let us know what you think by posting on our Facebook and Twitter and we'll keep you updated on any further developments with the story. Kent Online News. Now, if you regularly use the M20, you'll probably be pleased to hear today that Operation Brock is going. It's the controversial contraflow system that's been in place between Maidstone and Ashford and was put there to try and deal with any traffic problems after Brexit. They didn't materialise as feared and so the barrier and 50 mile per hour speed limit will be removed this weekend. Mike Seller is a lorry driver from Sittingbourne who runs MAS Car and Commercial and uses the route a lot. The Operation Brock, to be honest with you, since Christmas has gradually improved. The speed of the test and the speed of the throughput has got better. However, you would still have to allow at least another two hours uh, time onto your day to do Operation Block Brock. Sometimes that would um, that would be uh, even longer. Um, but what happened was, for some reason, they they about a month ago they stopped Manston shut. They stopped using Manston and then told the trucks that the only place they could get a COVID test was at Sevington in Ashford. Now, to be honest with you, I thought that would be 10 times worse because it meant that everyone that would go to the tunnel and everyone that would go to the ferry would have to go to Sevington. But I have to say, I've been to Sevington now three or four times and it is far better organised and there are far more staff there. And I haven't been held at Sevington longer than an hour and a half tops. Sometimes you're in and out of there in 40 minutes. I think now there are nowhere near as many trucks uh, in and out of the country as there were before all this happened. I think that Brexit, I know for a fact that the trucks and foreign drivers aren't wanting to come in because of the extra paperwork. And that's the only drama that we have now um, even if um, Operation Brock is lifted, we still have to have the right customs paperwork to come back in. So we go out empty, which is not an issue. If you go out empty, you haven't got to have any paperwork. But when you come back into the country, you must have not only the paperwork for what you're carrying, but also the paperwork for customs to let you back into the country. And that paperwork can take hours to produce. And it all depends on how busy customs are. To be honest with you, again, it is improving on times. After Christmas, we could wait three or four hours for just the paperwork. But now, near the, near, it's only an hour now maximum. Um, and I think that the system seems to be improving. Um, that's for sure. So, you know, we are back to nearly, back to the 15-hour day again um, this last couple of weeks. And that's with going to Sevington. So 
my own personal opinion is that before all this around was happening, um, I think that there are far fewer trucks actually crossing the water at the moment. Um, and therefore, when you do actually get to the port, you normally get on a ferry very quickly or you, you don't have to wait as long as you used to wait when we first did the job. It will all mean overnight closures on Saturday and Sunday. The barrier will then sit alongside the M20 just in case it's needed in future. We've also heard today the Kent access permit for lorry drivers, also linked to Brexit, is being scrapped. A year after the first lockdown, unemployment levels in Kent are still more than double what they were. Latest figures show 69,620 people were claiming jobless benefits in the county last month. That's a slight drop compared to February, but over twice the number from before the pandemic. A Kent Police community support officer has been dismissed after he formed inappropriate relationships with vulnerable women. A disciplinary panel has heard how he kept in contact with victims of crime for several months after meeting them while on duty. His actions have been proven as gross misconduct and he won't be able to get a job with the police service ever again. The head teacher of a Medway school, where half the staff left in just over a year, has taken time away for personal reasons. It comes after a formal review into staff turnover at Hauling Primary was requested. 15 out of 45 staff have left since January last year, with another seven due to go. In a letter to parents, it says the role of Sumeya Selmi will be shared between two other heads. The Kent Online Podcast with Serenity Parks. Now, the Kent Online podcast has been hearing how the International Baccalaureate Scheme could be a good alternative to A-levels amid concerns the UK's current exam system is outdated. Several schools in the county have chosen to offer the IB, which is based on points instead of letter grades and claims to give students a more well-rounded education. Those doing it choose six subjects and also take modules aimed at preparing them for their future life and career. Claire Brinklow is Principal of Rochester Grammar. For some students, A-levels will be the right route. For others, vocational. At RGS, we obviously decided that the IB gave such a vast range of benefits to our students that we wanted to become an IB-only school. But I do think the world is rapidly changing. The demands on our young people are also changing. We've also been chatting to Naomi and Ora. They're both sixth-form students there. I just like the variety of subjects. I think it really helps you to expand your knowledge and be really well-rounded and I think especially with TOC which is theory of knowledge which is a part of the IB course it's like a critical thinking course and it helps us to look around the world like look around and see things in a different way and to find about find out about things more in depth and it doesn't really fall into other aspects of our, of our curriculum or really in the A-level about thinking. We take class as well, yeah, which class. is um, creativity activity service. And it kind of encourages us to do things outside of school instead of just focusing all our time on studying. So I might neglect um, going out on a walk and I'll do that for an activity or I might start baking and just try new things that I wouldn't do if I knew that I was forcing myself to advise constantly. And finally, let's hear from our local democracy reporter, Kieran Duggan, who did the IB at Dartford Grammar. I thought that it was the best route to get to the university that I wanted to go to. I, I went to Exeter to study history. And also it gave me a breadth of choice, actually, subjects wise. It meant that if I wasn't quite sure where I wanted to go with my life, there were choices. Kent Online reports.
Kent could become home to one of the fastest roller coasters in Europe. Bosses behind the London Resort theme park on the Swanscombe Peninsula have released details of their latest plans. It includes a dinosaur-themed nature reserve with a coaster said to replicate the flight path of the biggest known winged reptiles. It'll be set over one kilometre of track and reach speeds of 70 miles per hour. You can see pictures of what it all could look like at Kent Online. The aim is to have it built by 2024. Scenes for a Danny Boyle biopic on the Sex Pistols are going to be filmed in Kent. Crews will be setting up in Folkestone and Deal next week. The six-part TV series will focus on the life of guitarist Steve Jones and is due to be available on a streaming service in 2022. A little boy from Kingshill who had to have both legs amputated is aiming to walk 100 steps without his crutches in memory of Captain Sir Tom Moore. Six-year-old Tony Hudgel has only ever managed six steps before but is taking on the challenge to raise money for the children's hospital that saved his life after he was abused by his birth parents as a baby. He's previously walked 10k on his prosthetic legs with crutches as part of fundraising efforts. And at Kent Online today you can look back at Kent's old Fantasies water park in Dartford. If you grew up in the late 80s and early 90s you might remember the six giant slides, wave pool and heated lagoon. You can also read stories from former park goers before the site closed in 1992. Kent Online Sport. Football and Gillingham are back in League One action later following their disappointing result at the weekend. The 3-2 defeat at Oxford United on Saturday has all but ended their hopes of reaching the playoffs. Speaking after that defeat, boss Steve Evans told us he'll be expecting an even tougher game tonight away at Peterborough United. He's a much better side that we're going to go and face in Oxford. It terrifies me that we couldn't match run us here at Oxford. And they've got much more pace, much more ability in the front four than these have. So that's what worries me. But listen, I was going to be worried about that anyway. I've got, I've got enormous respect for the football club I'm going to play from the chairman down to the manager. And a lot of those players, some of them played under me, they're a wonderful side. They've been wonderful all season. But my, my thing is now to come up with a game plan that, that says we go there and make that a contest. Um, we said it was a plan to come here and make it a contest. For 73, 74 minutes, there's one team, but a game never lasts. 73, 74 minutes. Their opponents are second in the table while the Jills are down in 11th. Kickoff is at 7.45. We'll have details of the result on our sister radio station KMFM tomorrow morning and reaction in the podcast. You can also follow the action as it happens on social. Just search for Kent Online Jills. That's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can subscribe to the IM News app. That will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. News. You can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Kingsdown Meadow, located in beautiful Kent countryside. New homes available. Search Serenity Parks.